Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Hello. Hello and welcome to the Big Boys Don't Cry podcast where we're going to say some really clever and profound stuff and I'm going to say it professionally into this microphone. No, I'm not. <laughs> Have you seen that like it's a trend on TikTok for people to be like fake podcasting where someone will do like a 20 second TikTok video of them saying something that they think is profound, but like they'll set up a microphone and make it look as if they're recording a podcast, but they don't even have a podcast. Is that one of those sort of... Um... I'm about to tell you something. Yeah. And then at the end of whatever inane nonsense they said, they go, but you're not ready for that conversation. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I assume that's what happens on TikTok. But I, yeah, I read about that. And I just thought, why would you fake having a podcast? It's very, very easy to do a podcast, as we've proven <laughs> for nearly 300, 300 episodes. All you need to do is, yeah, have two two people, two mics, two internet connections, chat some nonsense. That's all you need to do. That's all you need for a podcast. Like, and I think some people see it as kind of a like a low effort medium anyway as it is. Why would you yeah, why would you not just sort sort the podcast out TikTokers? But it's cuz it's too long form. Yeah, because TikTok is the medium to be an influencer. So but then you want the facade of also doing audio work when you don't actually do it. Or maybe some of these people are also like YouTubers in their spare time and lots of YouTubers do the same thing, don't they? They have their big microphones out. Yeah. Fake fake podcasters. But it's like people are genuinely <laughs> like saying, Oh yeah, like this is this is from my podcast or like making it look like it's from a podcast or copying like podcast aesthetics. It's it's weird. Our podcast aesthetic is obviously very, very highly cultivated and we think about it a lot. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we are um, the most professional, most driven for engagement podcast you'll ever see. The next big step would be to do it like live on YouTube, wouldn't it be? Like we have a big desk and we'll be in the same room and have like studio <laughs> lights behind us saying Absolute, big boys the green cry. screen, green screen behind us. Yeah. Just showing, showing scenes from the movie. Showing scenes from Under the Cherry Moon every time <laughs> whatever whatever the movie is it's always prince every single time so yeah i just like to say that we're very professional <laughs> the most professional so paddy yes we were going speaking of professionalism we told people <laughs> we were going to be watching the green knight we're not we're not no we changed, we changed the our green minds. Knight. yeah we changed our minds because we both went to the cinema i went to the cinema for the first time in about a year, more than a year, I think. Yeah, I think it's been... The last time I went was June. When did that come out? June was well over a year. Not June yeah. the month, D-U-N-E, the film. <laughs> Dune. Dune. Dune, I think it's pronounced. Dune, so that's, that's the correct pronunciation, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that was... The that was the winter of 2021, I want to say. 
Right, so that was before my second son was born. Yeah, so yeah, it was the first time I've been to the cinema since uh, becoming a father of two. Because now I think... So, the film is Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. And um, Rob texted me at the weekend, I think, and said, would you be able to make it to the cinema? And I thought, well, I'm probably actually at the point now, nearly a year old, where, like, after they've... Of, of an evening, after the children are in bed and have had dinner, I could just go to the cinema. Couldn't I? Indeed. I didn't even really think of it. I was just like, yeah, I could. And I did. And it was great. Did you enjoy Did you enjoy Dungeons and Dragons? I loved it, yeah. I just I wanted to give a, give a shout out to my local cinema, the Light Cinema in Adelstone. It's it's very close where I live, so it's very easy to get down there. Um, and it's really, really nice. It's a good setup. The Light is like a small... It's a chain, but it's a chain that feels like an independent cinema. You've got you know nice artisanal food and big comfy chairs and you, there's a guy who'll bring stuff to the seat if you want to i didn't order anything but i did get a large coke and that was nice very nice very nice did you go to the local arty place i did so i went to the lewis depot shout out to my local cinema um yeah, we're hoping they'll, they'll give us money <laughs> give or at least us, like a free give ticket us, or give us some free tickets lewis depot is my favorite cinema to go to uh, three screens only. They do a good variety of stuff, um, and they do half price tickets on Tuesdays. So for me and my partner to go to the cinema, it cost us nine pounds. You can't argue with that, which is pretty amazing. And they they have like a little restaurant, so you can have a nice meal before you go into the cinema. It's it's lovely. It's lovely. It didn't actually cost me anything because my wife had a free ticket from the time when I think she was there pre-COVID um, with our older son when he was a baby at Baby Cinema and they were showing um, the the what, the live action, should I say, photorealistic version of The Lion King and it shut off halfway through, halfway through and they couldn't get it back on so they all got a free ticket. And then they, they didn't accidentally start showing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in a room full of babies then. <laughs> No, although weirdly the, the the baby cinema ones I haven't been to any recently, but my friend who had a baby the same time as us who lives near us went took his baby to see the Fast and the new one of the Fast and the Furious films. So absolutely, that's quite funny. Yeah, I think yeah they wouldn't do anything really nasty, but I think like a twelve or a fifteen, the baby doesn't really know what's going on. So I think they're like, well, it's up to you, man. If you you want to show your movie Vincent Diesel running around in cars or whatever it is, then knock yourself out. I mean, I don't think there's anything particularly egregious in the Fast and Furious movies that would disturb a child. I think they're egregiously fun. <laughs> That's what they should put on their posters. Egregiously yeah. fun. And it also gives my friend my friend Gary, shout out to Gary if he's listening. I, I think he listens occasionally. But um, he always like posts a, a picture of his son next to whoever the main actor in the film is and says, here's a picture of the handsomest person in the world and George Clooney. Which is a good Very running good. dad joke. Very good. Uh, so we watched Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. We did. I was very excited to see it, Which and I'm really from... glad that you that you suggested it. Actually, yeah. So and I, and I just thought, you know, we could have held it off for another week, but it's best to talk about it when it's fresh. I know <laughs> this this becoming like a running thing on this where I like because. I'm a father of two and I have like so much going on that like I'll watch a film and then the next day I've completely forgotten about it. Especially if it's been like a week <laughs> or something and I'm trying to talk to you about it. I can't even remember what happened. Like, I'm like a no, fish. That's, that's understandable. Absolutely understandable. Um, and you, yeah, it's, I was excited to watch this because it looked like the kind of silly action movie that you don't really get a lot these days. Everything these days is serious and boring. 
yeah like you you've got the the marvel cinematic universe is that weird blend of nothing matters because they all come from a point of joss whedon-esque scripting yeah and then also incredibly serious convoluted long story so there's nothing standalone and fun about it or the other side is those very 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 serious movies um whereas this was just fun and i've got to say i enjoyed it more than i thought i was going to and i thought i was going to enjoy it yeah that my experience that was exactly my experience too and i'm glad you mentioned the kind of the marvel side of things because i think a lot of marvel films like to think that they're funny but they aren't you know they might have some like funny or quippy dialogue but they aren't actually funny in a way that they're laughing at themselves whereas yeah, exactly. what's brilliant the brilliance of dungeons and dragons honor among thieves is that it's 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 two hours. It's too long. That's my my only complaint. Is it's too <laughs> only long. complaint but is it's too long. It's over two hours of it genuinely laughing at itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, th- when you look at the way that they wrote it um, and like scripted out this film, they were influenced by stuff like The Princess Bride and Monty Python, right? And basically decided they wanted to make an Indiana Jones-esque action movie that's also a heist film at the same time. But then with those comedic elements from Princess Bride and Monty Python, and it really shines through that those are what the um, influences are. But also it works incredibly well. It's so well balanced between actually having an exciting, heisty, rickrolling action adventure and then introducing those comedic elements really strongly this is a very very funny film it's hilarious and i don't think a lot of people i don't think a lot of people have talked about how actually this is a very it's it's a very very funny movie i think this is a comedy going to laugh yeah yeah it is it is um and like you said some of that comes from laughing in itself and laughing at the sort of tropes behind Dungeons and Dragons and the tropes behind fantasy stories as a whole, which of course a lot of them do then stem from Dungeons and Dragons if you're looking at them, the, you know, the the post-Lord of the Rings era of, of fantasy stories. A lot of things are based on it. I mean, you've even got, um, I've forgotten the name of the anime that is solely based off their Dungeons and Dragons games. Oh, um... L- Lodos War? New record of Lodos, Lodos War, War. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've actually I actually watched the whole series of that after play, after I played that one game where like I'd never heard of it and the game was really good. I then went back and watched the anime um, Record of Lotus War Chronicles of the Heroic Knight, which is on YouTube with bad English dubbing, but it's actually quite good. Oh, perfect! I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a heathen here to all the anime fans, but I love an anime with terrible English dub. Yeah, that's, that, when we were growing up, it was all we had. <laughs> you know, that's, that's it, it we genuinely had. We didn't have like, subtitles. A bit of nostalgia for that. I remember the first time, because I watched Akira on, like, video recorded off the TV when I was a kid. Because, of course, I did, because I had no filter on the stuff (laughs) that I was able to watch and record off the television. I remember I got it on DVD for the first time and was watching it and was like, oh, my God, this is what it's meant to sound like without cheesy English dubbing. (laughs) truly unreal um but yeah some some of them i I think you know when you get onto quite serious um anime it it, it's more important to have the the actual performances and subtitles there but when it's something like lodos war or pokemon for instance is a key one 
Yeah. Or 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 the Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball, for instance. Um there's something about the cheesy English dub that actually is adds something to the enjoyment. It's charming. And again, you, you yeah. get the feeling that it yeah. like people didn't take it too seriously either. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which I think is going to and be the theme of this episode. Don't take it too seriously. <laughs> Don't take things too seriously. Um, so, so this story, the the plot itself, if you just took it at face value, would be quite um, serious. A man who used to be a very noble crime fighter who stopped all sorts of conspiracies and dangerous people, um, because of a flaw in his character, leads to his wife dying and then as a means to bring his wife back from the dead, which happens all the time in Dungeons and Dragons. People get brought back from the dead all the time. Yeah. So they have to say, oh, but this was she was struck by a red wizard's blade and there's no cure for that and you can't be brought back from that. Um, anyway, um, he then tries to get a, uh, a magical totem, which will bring her back from the dead, but gets betrayed. And then his daughter gets stolen and he's got to get his daughter back and save the world. And when you say it like that, it feels very heavy, but actually it's not no. <laughs> in the slightest. But I think it gives you just enough of that pathos, doesn't it? It, it yeah, doesn't make absolutely. a joke out of his wife dying, even though it's a comedy. Yeah, this isn't your highness. No. <laughs> you know, when it comes to, jo- you know, joking oh. about things in a kind of insulting way and in a very sort of we don't care way it's actually um, a very very good comparison isn't it and i'm yeah. glad that we talked about your highness before because that's a stoner comedy it comes from a very yeah. very different place but as an attempt to send up the fantasy genre this is much more successful isn't it even though it's not an out and out send up yeah yeah absolutely this is a far better example of it and actually when you go back to um you go back to Monty Python's Holy Grail. I remember when we talked about um, when 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 we talked about Your Highness, we said that we'd like, you know, it was trying to almost be like the equivalent of a of a Monty Python's Holy Grail for that era and failed. Yeah, and this actually feels closer to that in terms of messing around with those fantasy tropes of the era and doing something fun that's also respectful and enjoyable and lighthearted. I think it, this is a better example of that kind of thing. And this, you know, it is a, it's an action comedy. It's not an out and out comedy. It has lots of thrilling action scenes. Actually, some of the cinematography hmm. in those action scenes is really, really well done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as well. And again, you know, I don't want to pull on Marvel too much, but I, I do. also do want to pull on Marvel a lot. Um, this is a far more interesting film to watch than Marvel movies in terms of the way it's directed. I saw trailers for um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and The Flash. And, okay, Guardians of the Galaxy, I still haven't watched the first one, which apparently is good. And I do actually want to watch that at some point. But I had no idea what was going on in the trailer for the third one. <laughs> you you wouldn't, because it's the third part of a series that's also like the 35th movie in the entire franchise that it's part of. Yeah. It's, in, it's impossible to get into Marvel movies now. But then the one for The Flash was even worse. That was just an oh, absolutely sure. incomprehensible po-faced garbage it was like the sad batman meme but somehow trying to it was like 
the sad Batman meme was trying to be everything everywhere all at once with <laughs> with Ezra Miller being I was yeah, going to say because it is him, isn't it? They, yeah. they've just pushed it. They've just tried to ignore the crime spree that he's been on. Yeah, he is like an actual legit nasty criminal, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's closer to a supervillain than a superhero in real life. So yeah, so that was very jarring. And then and then they showed the trailer for the Mario film, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll oh, have that. There we go. Yeah, I had a trailer for um, the new Spider Verse animated movie. Oh, which okay. I've still not watched the first one, but I've heard it's really good. And yeah, that I would the, be interested the other one, to see. The other one does look really good. The new one looks cool. Right, the the animation looks great. Obviously, I had no idea what was going on because. It's a sequel to a movie I've not watched, but you know, who needs who needs new films, eh? No, of course not. Honestly. Not when you have Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, which should <laughs> it should be all of those things. But I feel like you could go and watch this knowing nothing about Dungeons and Dragons, and still have you a don't good time. need to know anything about Dungeons and Dragons to enjoy this. You know, the 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 story tropes, the fantasy stro- tropes of Dungeons and Dragons are so far well known that when it does make nods to those kind of things, you would automatically know them because I've never played Dungeons and Dragons the tabletop game. Never. Um no, I've 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 never I've never played it. Um I've played some video games based on it, so I you know they mention Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate has had all sorts of different games. They start off in Icewind Dale, that's where the prison is, and there's been games in Icewind Dale. They go to Neverwinter and there's Neverwinter Nights 1 and 2. So that whole sort of forgotten realm sword coast area has been really well trod in terms of video games. But you don't need to know any of that stuff to enjoy this film. And I think that was a smart move, because nerds are going to appreciate that, but it doesn't actually really serve anything. Yeah, rather than it being the nod and wink references that really plague a lot of films, like... um you know, like like Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker, for instance. Yeah, where there's so many references constantly, or even um, even some of the other Star Wars movies. I think the only one that didn't have, but wasn't really heavy with references, was the Last Jedi of yeah. that era. They they took out all of the references and added porgs and ice wolves instead, which I <laughs> very much Luke appreciate. Skywalker drinking grace blue milk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which, which was far better. Um, That's the best thing Star Wars has ever done. Oh, Andor. The blue milk. Andor. Um, oh, I haven't seen uh, it. Uh, answering seriously, Andor is probably the best Star Wars. It's genuinely... Okay, I will, I will get around oh, to it. It's very, very good. Um, but but yeah, rather than, rather than making the references something that stops the, um, stops the flow of the film... Like like in those Star Wars movies, where it is that referential thing that really grinds stuff to a halt whilst they shoehorn in a character that doesn't need to be there, or shoehorn in a scene or a conversation that doesn't need to be here. Here it's literally just a snap of the fingers and they've mentioned something and they're onto something else. Yeah. This and isn't fan service. No, this isn't no, for no. this isn't even for nerds. It's for everyone. This is for ev- everybody can go in and enjoy this film. Um, and yeah, so so it it does have the framing of a heist movie. They essentially get their ragtag bunch together to go and do a heist, and it works well as that structure. I think it's really good. They got to heist his daughter back. Yeah, heist the daughter Hugh Grant. from Evil Hugh Grant. And speaking of Hugh Grant, let's talk about how great the performances are in this film as well, because I love everybody in this yep. movie. Nobody lets the side down. No, absolutely not. So Chris Pine, for a long time, Chris Pine was seen as the least Chris out of the <laughs> out of the Chrises. 
you couldn't even call him Christopher, could you? You couldn't even go, oh, Christopher <laughs> Pine, there's my guy. <laughs> Whereas you compare him to some of the other ones, like like Pratt or Evans, not the ginger Chris Evans, the, the other one. Um, he was kind of seen as the weakest one, but actually he has had a far more interesting career and has been in more fun movies, I think, than the other two have. I, mean, I think he's on the rise. Christopher yeah. Pratt is going down and down and down, isn't he? I mean, Christopher Christopher Pratt was yeah. in Passengers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that that, that is, brilliant space opera. That that is that is enough to doom anybody to be the bottom of the piles of Chris's. And also, of course, he's a member of an incredibly homophobic um, yeah. conversion therapy church. And um, regardless of whether he was the best actor in the world, which spoiler alert, he's not. He's just no. he's just got lots of energy. And he acts like someone from a Joss Whedon film all the time and goes, well, that just happened. It's a me, Mario. It's a me, Christopher Pratt, in everything. Yeah. You've seen him in Parks and Recreation, right? That's He's good in that. That's a really good show. The trouble is that he's that in everything. <laughs> That's all he's got. The The only other thing he's got is, is Passengers. He can't do a serious film. Yeah. Impossible for him he to tried be his serious hardest. in anything. Um, yeah, um, whereas... Chris Evans, yeah, whereas, I don't know much about what he's up to these days. I know he did. he's done a lot of Captain America. He was brilliant in Scott Pilgrim, and that was it. <laughs> I, I don't think he, I... Oh, no, we talked about him in Gifted, and he was good in that. That was And different. he's good in that. He's he's very talented. Um, Knives Out is one of my favourite movies. I love Knives Out. I've still not seen wonderful it. in that. Did you see the new one? I did, yes. I very much enjoyed it, too. Glass Onion... <laughs> Glass Onion, exactly. That's a funny name. Um, is he, I know it's the name of a Beatles song, but that's a funny name. Is he going to do the voice of Lucas Lee in the anime series of Scott Pilgrim? I believe it's got all of the original cast back. Oh, that's very cool. I'm which sad that they've got back the chinless one, because they should have replaced him with someone better. So, <laughs> so, Michael Cera? Sorry, Michael Cera, you were oh, rubbish. Oh, that's unfair. You did not have, you did not have um, Scott Pilgrim energy. And you should have been replaced by someone else. Probably Jesse Eisenberg, who would have been a better <coughs> Scott Pilgrim. Sorry. In the fight between the nerdy guys of that era of cinema, there's only one winner. And one of them didn't do that stupid whatever's infinite playlist movie that I Oh, Nick and Nora's infinite playlist. I remember despising when yeah. I watched it. This is all a lot of films we need to talk about. <laughs> the the tweeest, indiest bullshit I think I've ever seen in my life, and we've watched Garden State. <laughs> Truly awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, how do we... Oh, yeah, so so Chris Evans has been in some really cool stuff. We were talking Chris's. We were talking, we were talking Chris's. Um, yeah, he's been good. But then you've got Chris Pine. Chris Pine of um, the Star Trek movies, of yep. course, where he's a very competent James Kirk, old Captain Kirky. Um, have you watched any of those? Um, I think I saw the very first one in 2009 and I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've watched, I think they did three of them and they were they were all enjoyable. Um, he played Robert the Bruce in Outlaw King and I shit you not, did a pretty good Scottish accent. No way. Which you would not expect um, from anybody, really. You never expect anyone to do a Scottish accent well who's not Scottish, but actually... Um, did a decent one um and 
Don't Worry Darling, which is a movie I really want to see. Oh, apparently that's terrible. Well, I've heard really mixed things that the movie itself is kind of cool, but then Harry Styles is so bad that he drags the entire thing down. Yeah. So I'm really intrigued to watch it at some point, and it seems to have this really strange plot, which I am very intrigued about. Yeah, and um, there was all that weirdness around its release and everything. Yeah, basically, yeah, get around to basically it. Harry Styles fans trying to undermine the movie because they hate Olivia Wilde. <laughs> Let's be honest, that was a, yeah. a huge, a huge part of the controversy surrounding the movie was um, One Direction fans not letting a single thing go for the entirety of their lives. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we should watch Don't Worry, Darling, Darling at some point. I think. I think that would be um I think that would be an interesting one. Um but but here he is here being incredibly charming, incredibly funny. Hang on. Next uh, next up in his filmography, Pool Man. Pool Man is an upcoming mystery comedy film directed, produced, co-written and starring Chris Pine in his directorial debut. <sighs> what? That's going to be good. I can Premise. A man tending to the swimming pool uncovers a sizable water heist, one in the same vein as Chinatown. I hope that they Awesome. <laughs> I hope that they um they use Spoon Man by um, <laughs> I've forgotten the band's name. Soundgarden. Uh, Soundgarden. Yeah. I think I hope they Steal do. Steal my water of that. while you can. Poo man. <laughs> be so good. Oh, that's a tune. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. Let's let's do that. Poo man. Get us involved. Yeah. Chris Pine. We're 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 here. We're ready. Get Big Boys Productions. You're going to need some producers, right? It's also got Danny DeVito in it. Produced by Ian Gottler, Patty Jenkins, Chris Pine, Stacey Sher. Don't know of any of them. We'll produce it for you. And, Come on, who are they? And Big Boys. Yeah. And the Big Boys. Yeah, who, who's heard of Paddy Jenkins? Never done anything No before. one. You need Paddy Johnston <laughs> instead. Paddy Jenkins or Paddy Johnston. <laughs> um, she had her, her Star Wars movie cancelled, didn't she? Yes, I believe so. Which is a bit of a shame. Did you I see Wonder Woman? I, I quite liked it. I never saw Wonder Woman, but that also had 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 the Chris in it. He was in it as Stephen Trevor, the the love interest, the man who kind of follows her <laughs> not, around. Not Trevor Stephen. <laughs> no. Stephen Trevor. But um, he was he was good, and she was good. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I haven't seen the second one. But, now I've yeah. heard that's that's been quite um, splitting with audiences yeah. again. And it had um, um, Professor Lupin as the villain, who was really good as well. Ah, very good. Very good. Oh, yes, we should talk about um, the fact that there's going to be a new Harry Potter series from HBO, apparently. I, I heard. Where yeah. each each book is going to be a season. Um, there is not enough content in a single Harry Potter book to last an entire <laughs> series of television. How are they going to do it? Like, they're going to have to. If this series lasts until the bits where it's about how slavery is good, actually... They're going to have to do it this time because they yeah. didn't do it in the movies for very good reason. But this time there's 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 not enough content in those Harry Potter books to make a series of TV. The, the real reason that it's happened is that J.K. Rowling's production house has seen a 74% drop in its profits from the previous year. And that's because, partly because... Um, uh, the 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 stage show hasn't been doing so well because of COVID. They're still facing restrictions there. Partly because Fantastic Beasts has gone fucking dog shit, rightfully so. And partly because nobody cares about her stupid crime mystery books. And the only people that are picking them up is the BBC. So she's seen this massive drop off in those kind of 
adaptations of her works. So clearly the reason that she's doing this TV series now is to try and get that bumped back up again. Yeah, of course. Because it's been, what, a decade since the the movies ended? More. We went to the premiere of, of the one of the second to last ones, and that was like the year after we left university. Oh, okay. Okay, so a bit longer than that. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, like it's 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 not a particularly long time ago. Right, it's it's nothing so more than a cash grab. It's a, it's a cash grab. Um, I'm not sure how well it's going to go down with fans because a lot of the fans of Harry Potter are big fans of the films, and I'm not sure how they're going to react to, for instance, someone else playing Snape. Less so replacing the trio, but like replacing Snape with someone else. Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to go down too well with people. And like I said, like. Okay, the first the first book you could probably make a competent TV series out of it. You have ten episodes. One episode is on Harry Potter being sad in a cupboard under the stairs. Yeah. Next episode, Hagrid turns up with his motorbike. Then episode after that, going to Hogwarts. Then you've got a series of episodes about different bits in Hogwarts. You're right. Actually, the first book is quite episodic in in nature, and then all of the subsequent ones revolve around a sort of a much larger plot. Yeah, the, the the first two, maybe three books, you could make a TV series out of them because almost like when you look at The Hobbit or look at um, Earthsea, for instance, mm, you can see that it. there's these there's these little snippets of um, there's these little snippets of content where you think, oh yeah, they could clearly expand on that and turn it into something more action focused and turn that into actually a, a big set piece episode of something. But the problem is that after you get past those, 90% of the book is Harry Potter complaining about being a rich, important, well-known celebrity and being sad that he can't kiss a girl he likes. And then 5% beyond that is slavery's good, actually. And then maybe 5%, the final 5% is actual plot. And that's when they're going <laughs> to run into big, big problems is, are people really going to want to sit through... Um, Order of the Phoenix, episode six, where it's about how Harry Potter can't get a date for the wizard's dance. Is that really going to be something that people want to watch? People will, because it's Harry Potter. Harry Potter? Yeah, Harry Potter. (laughs) It's just, I'm doubtful about how successful it's going to be when people are so emotionally attached to those original movies. I'm not sure that people are going to jump over so readily to a new series with new people. And equally, she's going to be involved, which means you know she's going to be sitting in all the casting and go, um, how do you feel about trans people? And anyone who says, yeah, they're human, she'll go, next. And then you're going to be left with Graham Lynan playing every single character. (laughs) And people would still watch it because it's Harry Potter. (laughs) There'll still be those people going, oh, well, I know that it's funding transphobia around the world, but... I am still attached to these books I read when I was 11 years old, so I better watch it. There's there's other stuff. There's like there's, <laughs> there's Dungeons and Dragons stuff. There's now, so you know? much it's... other stuff you can do over Harry Potter. So much stuff that's better than Harry Potter as well. So I'm sorry. Like for you know, if something that I loved turned out to be made by someone who's as vile as J.K. Rowling was, yeah, I'd drop it in a heartbeat. You know whose music I don't listen to anymore? Marilyn Manson because he's a scumbag. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> you know awful. who's you know whose movies I don't watch anymore. I don't watch any more Johnny Depp movies because he's a scumbag. Even though I enjoyed some of his earlier stuff, you make that decision. And you go, oh well, there's other stuff that exists. 
and you you go that way. For instance, Dungeons and Dragons is here. Yeah. And you've got the best Christopher. I'm going to say that now. He is the best Christopher. Yeah. We're, um, we're, we're bringing <laughs> we're, him up we're to the Pine. top. We like that fresh scent of Chris Pine in our films. <laughs> um, but then you've got Michelle Rodriguez, who is brilliant as Holger the Barbarian. Um, really fun performance. A lot of the the a lot of the lines of dialogue that got the biggest laughs in the cinema that I was at came from her, um, which was great to see. Um, was it playing to a packed house? It's pretty busy. Pretty busy. Yeah, um, and you could hear the the the, the laughter around. Um, no, there were only like two other people in the cinema when I was there. <laughs> really? Oh, that's a shame. I think it's doing okay, though, isn't it? It's not doing badly. Or is it doing badly? No, I think it's doing all right. Yeah. Um, you've got Justice Smith playing Simon the Sorcerer. Yeah, I recognised him. He was good. He's, he's in Detective Pikachu. I've he's still in not Jurassic seen that. Jurassic World, the second one. Um and the third one as well, I think. And yeah, some other stuff as well. Oh, he was and in Paper Towns. That was the one. I saw uh, him in that. That's one of those teen movies. It's a it's that's a um what's her face? Cara Delevingne. Yeah. That's right. Nowhere near as good as um Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Um we've got Sophia Lillis uh from It. Yes, I recognised her from the, that as well. The Doric the Druid. She turns into an owl bear very regularly. It's very, very funny. Um and then you've got probably my two favourite performances in the movie. Hugh Grant as our villain, Forge. Um, truly fantastic, really, really funny, really evil in a very funny way as well. In a very Hugh Grant way. In a very Hugh Grant way. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. Every every second he's on screen, you're like, oh, it's Hugh Grant. But you're like, oh, okay, it's Hugh Grant. Yeah, and it's it's great. It, he 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 fits that role in this film perfectly as this comedic villain who's not he's not got a big master plan to take over the world. He just wants to be rich. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's great. And the the um, best thing about his character is, even though it's a very long, it's an overly long film for what it is, his amount of screen time is perfect. They don't overuse him, and it, I think yeah, that's that's yeah. really good. So every time he is there, it's really effective. I'm funny. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It feels fresh whenever he's on screen. It's always very, very good. Um, and then you've got Regé Jean Page from um The Sexy Duke Bridgerton. from Bridgerton. Sexy Bridgerton. Man. He's not even in it until about an hour and a half in. <laughs> and then like I was got I was enjoying it so much I genuinely forgotten he was even in the cast, and then I was like, Oh of course, it's him now. Yay. And he is glorious glorious i think he was my favorite honestly i was howling every time he spoke so he plays a paladin and the movie completely goes to town on the tropes about paladins as these you know these virtuous godly um crusading knights who have no humor and do everything the only thing it didn't have in this film was him like holding a bird in the palm of his hand and singing to it the only thing they could have added was something like that but you see him being introduced sort of like saving a child from being eaten by a fish and yeah that child is a cat like it's like a kitten child and then (laughs) simon the rubbish wizard is like oh yeah i I pulled a cat out of a fish once (laughs) and and his character Zenk Yendar, I think his, his character name is. 
um great character names by the way in this in this in this movie yeah um he again they're just like enough that they could be real fantasy names in a real dungeons and dragons game or a, a film that was taking itself seriously but they're funny enough that that they provide comedy yeah it feels it, it feels and, and that's the interesting thing is you know i've never played dungeons and dragons round a table but you know i've listened to the adventure zone and i've listened to other uh fantasy role-playing game podcasts and i know enough about it and i know enough people who have played it um to know that this is the kind of silliness that does go on it does almost feel like they've followed a plot of an actual tabletop game and they've just rolled with it it, it has yeah. that kind of freshness to it and that interesting element to it um but yeah he's he's phenomenal as this paladin character um absolutely howling when he's just walking in a straight line and just walks straight over a rock like the big rock on the <laughs> beach genuinely that and that's like the last time you see him in the film is him doing that he's hardly in it he's in it for like a few scenes and then goes on his own way but absolutely steals the steals the show here yeah really he's great. just like this is this is where i leave you yeah and he just walks <laughs> he just off, walks off. <laughs> Um, he helps them get a magical helmet and then he just walks yeah off. yeah it's it's really good um also bradley cooper is in it for i yeah, know yeah it's really like sweet. one scene i was i wasn't expecting him to be in it but he is and he's he's brilliant you know just as a little a little um halfling man yeah and again you you don't have to know even i think what a paladin is no or like that no. that the halfling what a halfling is for the to for it to be effective to understand what the joke is the joke is that he's virtuous got it okay here we go yeah exactly exactly you know it, this isn't a movie that's dependent on knowing the ins and outs of what is a complicated tabletop game it's 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 the way that it tells its story creates that emotional attachment so that you understand what these characters are all about and it's yeah, yeah it's it's really well done um, favorite scenes of yours in the film then um well obviously we we already spoke about this as well but the large dragon oh, is our, our new favorite adult son yeah he, he he's my big boy what's his name them thembershoud thembershoud yeah um they go into the underdark um which is the very very dangerous bit under the surface of of the mainland which i think is where like the dark elves live or something like i that. think so i'm not sure but either. then there's I'm... also all sorts of other very evil things that live down there as well yeah we played it in school but i have i don't have much, much memory of it i had a dungeon master's guide for a while but oh, okay i can only remember the basics yeah i, I know the setting sort of well from from like the video games and stuff and i think it's that and then there's all sorts of other horrible things down there but yeah they go down there to get this helmet and <laughs> this massive pudgy dragon comes out and chases them around for a bit and it's hilarious and really cute and you can take your baby yoda and you can shove it because we're <laughs> we're, we're 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 big red dragon boys now that's it's cute but they're also good it's it's a good action scene yeah. i think the way it yeah. chases them the way they have to the way um Roger John Page like jumps onto its head and like kills it. That's very kind of cinematic and yeah, the really really good action. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They do, the, and and that's the thing is that yeah, this is a funny movie, but also the action scenes they do are great. the The fight scenes with Michelle Rodriguez in in particular are really well choreographed. 
like really strong hand-to-hand combat action scenes in here if that's the kind of thing you want to watch um my favorite scene in terms of the cinematography i think was when they do the reverse heist to get a painting that they put a magic portal onto into this carriage that's going along and there's that was really well there's that phenomenal shot where um where doric goes through the portal and the camera sort of swivels as she goes from jumping into the floor into rising from the ground of the of the carriage and it's just like oh that's so cleverly done really smart equally the the like single shot scene when she's escaping from the castle and changing into different animals um that also was just brilliantly done too there's all sorts of moments in this movie where they're genuinely creatively directed um which i wasn't expecting i was expecting it to be run of the mill but actually there's some really clever direction in this film yeah and the kind of the final battle thing with the evil red wizard the way they all kind of rally around each other and and the way they fight her in different ways with her yeah turning into the owl bear and other things that was a really really good action scene as well obviously there's a gelatinous cube which is always which is always good fun yeah you've got to love a gelatinous cube in uh, in in something like this and they they spent just enough time in that kind of games arena thing where it's like okay the plot gets to the point where like they're going to have to take part in the the arena game which you always knew was gonna was gonna happen when it was mentioned it was Chekhov's arena yeah. game gun but <laughs> like arena gun they made it last for about kind of three or four minutes that was just the right length as yeah. I think you know a lazier film a Marvel film probably would have made that last another hour that would have been forty five minutes right at the end and it would have just been convoluted action nonsense. Yeah, it then becomes the Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, and that's the thing is the pacing here, although it is a little bit too long overall, like you said, um, the pacing is pretty solid throughout. You, it keeps you engaged in these different scenes for just about the right amount of time. For me, the scene where they dig up the dead bodies and have yeah. to ask them, <laughs> they, they go to this... this, the, this um, this scene of this massive battle where loads of people died and they're digging up these bodies and they can ask them five questions to find out where this um, helmet went. And it's very, very funny, isn't it? I was absolutely howling at that. Yeah, um, really good. And, again, and they made the corpses look kind of just a little bit scary, but still funny enough. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah it's absolutely, a joke. Absolutely, yeah. And, and that's the thing, they, that tonally it gets it right almost constantly. I think the only thing where they didn't get the tone right was spo- spoiler alerts, um, where um, where Michelle Rodriguez's character is going to die, and then they obviously bring her back because why wouldn't they? Um, yeah, because they had Chekhov's resurrection because they, they had the, the, yeah, the, the tablet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, that was that kind of the the emotional twist you could see coming a mile off. Yeah, but and, it doesn't matter because it's a comedy. Yeah, and it, it felt a little bit awkward that scene with the emotional twist where they were like singing that sad song and the girl was looking sad and crying, and it kind of stayed on that shot for a bit too long. Yeah, and it just felt a bit awkward. There was a couple of moments like that where it it where it dived into the seriousness for a little bit too long it felt a little bit rob's request is for zero pathos please no i just want laughs i just want people laughing at dead bodies who can never finally rest because they haven't been asked all their five questions yeah laughs and fat dragons (laughs) exactly exactly um but yeah it's 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 um it's really well done 
I I liked this movie a lot. Um, it's yeah. Anything else you'd like to say about? Um, no, just just that I really really enjoyed it, and it's really fun and a good laugh. And I th- I think if you if you have zero interest in fantasy and you think all fantasy is for nerds, then you're probably not listening to this. But like you know, <laughs> then then yeah, it might it might not be your cup of tea. But I'd really highly recommend it to anyone. I don't want to oversell it, but it's really really good fun. My only worry is that they're obviously going to try and make sequels that aren't going to be as good, aren't they? Yeah, I'm hoping if they make sequels... I mean, what I'd like them to do is make a... Because the big evil Red Wizard got away, didn't he? Yeah, well, he never got resurrected, did he? He, he right. was... They were planning to... He's kind of stuck in the faraway place. And they never had um, They never had the ability to bring him, bring him back properly into there. So he's still around. What I'd like them to do is have an entire new cast and an entire new story and just make it like a make it like a um an ensemble thing where you have these different groups of adventurers going on entirely unique stories yeah like i'd love that get an entire new cast of people in and do a sequel like that and just keep doing it over and over yeah, and you can maybe get them in to have a cameo and just have them sitting in the back of a tavern or something like that. Yeah, or you like, get an hour and a half in and then they've, they've got to go and see Roger Jean Page again. Just Yeah, exa- exactly. Something like that. I think they could make it into a really fun, I don't want to say cinematic universe, but you know what I mean. Like, all of the movies are standalone, but they have that kind of threaded connection of the Dungeons and Dragons Forgotten, uh, Forgotten Realms setting to to keep them tied up. I think that could be a really fun way to do it. They've got a chance to get it right, haven't they? Um, they they do, they do, and I'd really, I really hope that they they would do that. But we'll see what happens. As long as, I mean, if they make a sequel with these same characters, as long as they get it tonally right, then it could still be a lot of fun. The problem is if they start making it too serious in a sequel. Yeah, of course. I just think it it'll be hard to capture the magic of it. Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, it's going to happen. The terrible two thousand film got two sequels, didn't it? So. Yeah, I don't think they really had anything to do with the original either. No. Um, those. Um, so I've got a little bit of trivia for you. Did you know that Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine has a cameo in this movie? No. He what? apparently has a cameo during the arena sequence. Maybe he's one of the other adventurers who gets eaten by the, the monster thingy. <laughs> um, I have no. I didn't notice it at the time. When I rewatch it, I'm going to have to keep an eye out for him. Yeah, I, I did not see that. And he's quite recognisable. <laughs> and he, he is recognisable, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he plays um, apparently. Rage against, oh, wait a see. minute. Rage Against the Machines. Tom Morello has been playing Dungeons and Dragons with a group of celebrities, including Vince Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Is it, who would you rather play Dungeons and Dragons with? Because we know that there's um, the Vin Diesel, Judy Dench group. Yeah. And now we know that there's the Tom Morello, Vince Vaughn group. Which of those two groups would you like to to play with? Oh, I don't know. I, I I think Vincent Diesel has a lot of the creativity going on, doesn't he? Mm. But Tom Morello is like one of my idols, so I would have to go with him. It's, I think I'd probably go with, with the Diesel. Yeah? Yeah, because I think he's proper into it as well, so you just know it would be a fun experience with him. Whereas I feel like Vince Vaughn would try to sell me cryptocurrency. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, <laughs> That would put me off. Um, but apparently yeah. James Gunn has guested at his sessions as well oh okay that's cool interesting oh. interesting 
Um, I can't yeah, find so anything I, about him being in the film, though. Yeah, apparently, apparently he's got a cameo. That's cool. Apparently, um, Chris McKay was going to direct, who makes more serious films than this, I think. Chris McKay. He, oh, no, Do he I did the him? Lego Batman movie, actually. So that could have been quite a good fit. Those, whenever I see the trailers for those, I think they look funny, but it's like I'm never yeah, going to get around the, to watching the, it. The Lego movie was good. Um, but he directed The Tomorrow War, which is that really serious Chris Pratt sci-fi action movie. Oh, yeah. So I don't that know. looks serious. Yeah, weird, weird, weird fit, weird fit. Um, so yeah, equally, um, another person who was due to direct was Rob Letterman. Um, this has been through all sorts of um, of different people over the years. Rob Letterman wrote Detective Pikachu, right? Um, for instance, and did he direct it as well? He might have directed it too. I still need to see that. Um, yeah, he directed uh, Detective Pikachu. He directed the Goosebumps movie. Um, he directed Gulliver's Travels, which means that if we'd had his version of this, maybe Jack Black would have made an appearance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jack Black would play, play a very good large dragon, wouldn't he? He'd have been a great dragon, yeah. Um, and Ansel Elgort was going to be the person to play the lead in his version until it fell through. Because this is a movie that's been for a bit of development hell. Yeah, go. I saw that. It's been in um, development since 2013, it says here. Like, how often yeah, does that happen yeah. in a film come out and be this good? Pretty much never. Good. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, so it's it's really cool. Um, apparently, another one is that uh, the animated series of Dungeons & Dragons that showed in the 80s, which was before our time, um, the characters are in the maze sequence, um, which is quite a nice little nod for those people ah. who watched the the animated series in the eighties. I remember that. I do know that that had a bit of a cult following with people of that era, but that was a bit before our time. But um, but I hope the people who did watch it enjoyed, um, enjoyed uh, enjoyed that little cameo there. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, there was definitely enough stuff in there that I think if you're like a super D and D nerd, you probably picked up on all that stuff and really enjoyed it. But it wasn't fan service. And that is just, yeah, it's just great. Yeah, the one thing that I wasn't, I'm sad that they didn't do was that they mentioned the beholder, but they never show a beholder. Mm. And those are those giant, big, eye, big, big eyed, eye, tentacle eye ball bags. <laughs> and I just think I'd love one of them to turn up in the movie and just completely put off everybody in the audience who doesn't know what it is. Um, there was one in the yeah. 2000 thing video film, there, wasn't there? There was. And speaking of the 2000 thing, I do have a question for you. Would you like to watch that next and then do The Green Knight after that? Or we just, we're just going to go on a Dungeons & Dragons trip? We don't have to watch any of the sequels because I'm sure that they are too bad to actually watch. But... Would you like to watch the 2000? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I think it's, it'd be a good follow on an interesting, yeah, interesting comparison. <laughs> Replacing Hugh Grant with Jeremy Irons. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. Okay, well, well, that's what we'll do next then. We'll do Dungeons and Dragons 2000. 2000. <laughs> you make it sound like it's rad to the max. <laughs> it is the least rad movie, I think. D&D &D 2000, man. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll do we'll do that next, um, and then we'll um, we'll watch a good movie, <laughs> a good movie after that. Yeah, how's that sound? Sound sounds good, very very good. But how are we going to rate um, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves? Oh, 
Um, how many dead guys do you have to resurrect and ask questions before you find your magic help? Oh, that's good. That's very, very good. I need to resurrect 18 of a possible 20, and then I find the magical helm of this brilliant film. I'm going to give it one less 17. Not that I disagree with your score, but I'm taking a point off because this movie has literally no romance in it and we are a romance podcast. That's not true. Supposedly. Simon, he's pursuing the druid lady and then at the end oh, he asks true. her out on a second date. <laughs> that's true. They have agreed to go on a second date. And she goes, all right then. <laughs> yeah. That's it. But yeah, I'm going to give it 17 because this is not a movie with romance. It's romance between Hugh Grant and his love of gold. Yeah. That's that's about it. <laughs> um cool. Okay, well yeah, that's that's everything. And there's love lost with um, Michelle Rodriguez and Bradley Cooper. It's like they've gone there through a, gone through it's a divorce the, and there's a very the, awkward that. scene <laughs> them talking, which is <laughs> very is well done actually. A surprisingly tender scene. Yeah. The, the yeah. film like this had no right to do a tender scene with Bradley Cooper. <laughs> it did, it did not, but it somehow managed it. It was yeah. God bless him. And, you know, the last thing we saw him in was Valentine's Day, so he's redeemed himself as well, hasn't he? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, that was, a, that was a nice surprise and a bit of a change of direction, and I'm really glad we got to the cinema to see a good film. Go go to the cinema, people. Go and see films in the cinema. Go and see yes, Mario. I'm sure I'll get around it. to go it. Go and watch this. That's out now, isn't it? Yeah, Mario is. Mario or probably is, will yeah. be by the time I get around to editing this episode, because I know they're coming out very late. I've only just put like last week's up today, so sorry about that. But I'm a busy man. I've got to go to the cinema to see Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Been busy. Exactly. All right. Well, there's a link in our show notes where you can give us money. It's like a virtual tip jar. You can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail dot com, and we will be back next week to talk about Dungeons and Dragons two thousand. Rad to the max. Alrighty. <laughs> Rad to the max. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye. Such a king. Such a king.